sure it's good to see each one of you. Uh, I do, uh, do want to say I appreciate the good people at Hillsborough. We love them and appreciate them. Got a phone call from your pastor this morning with Steve. And they told me that he wouldn't be here tonight because he had a prior vacation planned. And uh, I said, well, man, you don't got to call me and tell me to go spend time with your wife. You can get up there and spend time with your wife. He said, that's not what I'm calling for. <laughs> he said, I just don't want, didn't want you to think I was mad at you. I said, well, I'm going to do And he said, but I do have one request. There'll be two people there that I want you to preach to. He said both of them are biases. I'll get him. I know. Uh, when the cat's away, the mice will play. So y'all just go ahead and have fun now. Right. And I appreciate you. Good to see each one of you. Uh, this past weekend, we were in North Carolina at the Carolina Camp Meeting, uh, uh, preaching uh, up there, and uh, took my whole family up there and. Uh, if you've ever been to Morganton, North Carolina, it's right beside Table Rock Mountain. and uh, It's off I-40 up there, and there is nothing there. And it's like stepping back in time. And we thought we were getting us a, a decent motel, and we got in there. Uh, it wasn't even decent. And uh, we spent the night there and took my newborn baby up there. And uh, we're tired. Uh, of course... We don't sleep anymore. Let me give some advice to you young people. If you're going to have babies, have them when you're young, okay? Uh, because the recovery time is a lot harder now at age 40 than it was when I was in my 20s. Uh, but we, we had a good trip and had a, a good time. We were a little tired, uh, but we're thankful to be here. I'll tell you this about the meeting up there. Uh, uh, on uh, Friday night, there was... 30 different preachers represented, represented out of 10 different states. And uh, preachers all the way from Maryland to Florida uh, were there. And I was so thrilled just to be there and hear good preaching and being able to preach. And uh, my kids act like they had a good time. My wife did. We just had a good time. And now we're excited about this week and excited about what God can do and what uh, He uh, is, has in store for us here this week, but I'm going to tell you this, I didn't come here with a revival in my back pocket and spreading it out. I'm here today uh, because Charles asked me that if revival comes, it will be on God's time. We can't work up a revival, we can't make up a revival, but when God really moves, a man just has to get in there and be humble and say, God, here Am I? Boy, I'd like to see that, wouldn't you? I've seen that a time or two in my life. And I need revival, and the uh, churches of our area need revival. I'll go as far to say this. Our nation needs revival. We're in trouble today as a nation. So with that said, let's open our Bibles, the book of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles, chapter number 7. I will read some very familiar scripture here this evening that God has placed on my heart. And I'm not going to take the scriptures out of context. I want to preach what the Lord has laid on my heart. Amen. And uh, so I covet your prayers. And, and I want to preach out of uh, verse number 14, but just use two words out of that 14 and as the subject heading of my message tonight. So in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, very familiar scripture, we'll read the entire verse. 
then we'll settle in and try to preach what the Lord's laid on our heart. The Bible says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to be back at the Pleasant Union Baptist Church with your people. Thank you for the good singing, God. Thank you for all that's been said and done. Thank you for the sweet spirit that's already here tonight. But I pray, God, that you pour your blessings out of this revival. I pray that you'd reach into this community, this city of Gainesville. You'd reach into these apartments just right below us, God, and you'd draw them here tonight to Jesus Christ. Lord, I realize there's no power of me, but it's of your word and of your spirit. And I pray you take charge of every heart, of every mind, every home. And God, that soul here tonight that's never been saved, I pray that they move tonight and be saved before it be eternally too late. And God, when we close the revival out, God, I pray, God, that we'd all be able to say that we've been in the presence of the dear and almighty God. And I pray, God, that you'd move in a mighty way. Lord, don't just pass by. Yes. Linger with us a while this week. Lord, may we be your people as you've called us there unto be. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want to preach on two words out of verse number 14, my people. That's a statement there that God said to Solomon. You remember the story here. Solomon was uh, just dedicated the temple and he's praying and asking God to bless the work of his hand and bless that uh, what he had done there with his hand and with his power and his might. And uh, Solomon had been blessed, there's no doubt, and God answered him by fire. God had blessed this man. God blessed his daddy David. And David was a great man and no doubt one of the greatest men that ever lived. But Solomon had finished praying. God has accepted the sacrifice. And God gives him an answer there to his prayer. Not just by fire, but he talks about his people. Yeah. He's not talking about just any people. God's yeah. talking about his people. Amen. And for just a few minutes tonight, I want to preach with that thought in mind about my people. You know, God's got His people all over the land and country we live in. He's got His people up in Kentucky, uh, down to Virginia or up West Virginia, Maryland, Tennessee, South Carolina, Georgia, and all the surrounding states. God has got His people. Now, I, I want to say this and go on record tonight in the outstart of the message that uh, all of God's people are loved the same. There's not one person better than the other person. Can I get an amen on that tonight? We're all the same. God loves us. Now God uses some more, not because He loves some more. It's because they may be a little more willing than others. And uh, that's God's business, not our business. But you know God loves all His people from all over the world. I want you to understand what God was saying there to Solomon. And I want to ask you the question, who is or who are my people? Who is he really talking about? First of all, when we find that these are people that are called by God. Mm -hmm. 
Aren't you glad yeah. tonight that God sent out the call to you one night yes, or one sir. day to be saved? Do you yes, remember? Sir. Take a trip back in your mind and in your memory when God began to call you and woo you unto His Son, Jesus Christ. Mine was on a Wednesday night in October. I'm about to have a birthday spiritually. I was saved at Wahoo as a little boy. And I'll never forget the drawing power and the calling power of God. Amen. Brother Guy Lee was the pastor and Marvin Wheeler was there sitting over there. But on this side of the altar I remember standing and singing in the youth choir and God's Holy Spirit knocking at my heart sure, calling on. me, a wooing me unto His Son. Friend, do you remember that day? Someone oh, yeah. said, Preacher, I've been saved but I don't know what that calling means. Friend, you've never really been born again unless you've been called by the Spirit of Almighty God. Let me say this today. This idea that the mega churches are promoting, that just repeat this prayer, sign this card, listen, they're doing more harm than good. Yes, I tell you how I like to do it, friend. I like to see a good old-fashioned Holy Ghost Bible preacher take the Word of God under his hand, anointed of the Holy Ghost, preach the gospel, let God's Holy Spirit draw them unto Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness on that tonight? You'll notice this, that these are God's called people. They've been called by the Lord. Look in Revelations just a minute, all the way to the back of the book. Revelations chapter number 22, verse number 17. The Lord says this. He says, In the spirit and the prize say come. That's not the working of the calling of the people of God to the lost and dying world. is just as much the bride's part. We've all got a job to tell them to come to the Savior. Notice this. The Spirit and the bride say come. And let him that heareth say come. And let him that is the first come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Listen, dear friend. If you've really been genuinely saved by the marvelous grace of God, there's been a time in your life when God has called you. And listen, oh, thank God when God calls. You know what that means? That's God saying, I love you. You. I want you yes, to be sir. part of my family and be part of my people. Amen. A friend to be part of my people. You've got to be called. And I thank God for that word in that Revelation chapter 22 verse 17. He says whosoever will. This idea of the preacher's are preaching that, well, there's just only a elect that can be saved. Or there's only just this crowd that can be saved. And I don't mean to uh, start any trouble here and I'm going to say everybody has the right to be saved. Amen. Amen. It doesn't matter what That's race. Right. It doesn't matter what creed. It doesn't matter what color your skin is, where oh, you're from. God loves you Who's just that? the same. He wants you to be a part of His people, thank God. Uh, this, uh, uh, these uh, high-to-do preachers these days uh, that say, well, I'm not going into the ghettos to preach. There's not enough money down there for me. I tell you, they ought to be ashamed of themselves. Yeah. Amen tonight. Yeah. I heard a preacher say this one time. He said, uh, uh, I've got to go preach at such and such church way down in such and such place. He said, them people's just a bunch of half-breeds. Uh, they don't have uh, uh, the Spirit of God about them. Most of them have been through so many troubles and trials. I don't even want to go down there and preach. I said, wait a minute, preacher. And I was just a young man, Brother Swain. 
I said, look here, man. Has God called you to preach? He said, yeah. And I said, then what's the problem? You get down there and preach. Them's God's people. They need yeah, the lessons sure. of God. They may yeah. not be young. They may not be old. I mean, listen, if they're called of God, they have every right to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I tell you, if we cut the money out for a lot of preachers, they'd quit preaching, amen. They said, uh, old preacher Claude Hood up in White County, uh, his uh, brother uh, was Fred Hood up in Delonica at Friendship. And uh, he said this, he, he told Fred, told me, he said, you know the best offering my brother told me he ever got? I said, what's that? He said, the best offering he ever got in the ministry was a milk cow. <laughs> Did you hear me tonight? The best offering he ever got was a milk cow. He passed. He said he pastored five different churches. Never, never drove anywhere. He went, walked to every single church he went to, and he serviced God's people with the word of God every time he went to preach. And I know God's men's got to have money to go, and they've got to have ways to travel and go. But I tell you this today: uh, there's nothing like being a preacher, a God called preacher, and going to God's people and telling them yeah. Yeah. and feeding them the word of God. Oh, Brother Charles, what a job you have. Mitch, what you, a job you have. Brother Swain, what a job you have. I, I tell the good news on a whosoever will. Amen. God's people deserve a good message. And God I, I wants us to deliver the greatest message, the good news of the gospel. Amen. Notice Amen. this today, friend, that God's people, my people are called and then you'll notice this, that God's people uh, will uh, uh, have always uh, uh, gotten through hardship. Did you notice that? You know, some people today uh, think when they get saved, all their troubles are over. I can't find that in the Bible, do you? Uh, you know, one preacher said on the televangelist on the, on the TBN network, I heard him, he said, when I got saved, all my troubles went away. <laughs> I thought to myself, well, he must not have read about a man by the name of Job. He must not have read about a man by the name of David. Or that ran and fled for his life for the younger part of his years. Uh, running for a man by the name of Saul. He must have forgot uh, about the people uh, of God in the New Testament church. Uh, because they're uh, being pushed here and there. Some being stoned. Some being uh, drugged to their death. He must have forgot about that old man by the name of Paul. Uh, that is drugged through the streets of life. Listen, listen to me, friend. When we get saved, don't you get it in your mind that everything going to be easy. Everything's going to be perfect. In fact, you can expect God's people are to go through seasons of darkness. Someone said this, I, I don't go through darkness in my Christian life. You'll notice this in Ephesians chapter number 5, verse number 8. Watch this. Paul told the church of Ephesus, he says, for a year or sometimes darkness. But now, now are you light in the Lord and walk as children of the light. See, friend, when we get saved by the marvelous grace of God, uh, His light enters into our heart. You know what that conviction really was when we were lost, Brother Charles? It was God turning the light on. He was showing us we were sinners in need of a Savior. I don't understand how electricity works, but I'm like Brother Dean of writing what he said. I don't understand how electricity works, but I'm not going to sit in the dark and try to figure it out either. Amen. Won't you understand this today? Uh, hear me, dear church. Uh, listen, when we get saved, a part of God's people, we walk out of darkness into the light. Oh, but that does not mean that we won't go through seasons of darkness. I know a lot of us 
innocent young just young Christians have dealt with doubt. You've dealt with heartache. You've dealt with trouble. Some of you have dealt with death in your family. And listen, we go back to the man by the name of Job. You remember the season of darkness that he was in? Sure. He didn't ask for it. In fact, he was doing everything right. He was living for God, serving God. And listen, he was out in prayer praying for his children as they were having a good time in their homes. And all of a sudden, the storm of life hit. I can promise you this, as a child of God, before you leave, the, you hear me tonight, before you leave this walk of life, there will be seasons of darkness in your life. God's people will go through some time of darkness. Saying, oh, is there any in the house? that's ever walked through darkness. I've been there. I mean, I tried to do everything the best of my ability and I didn't want to be there. But thank God in the darkness, in the darkest crevices of the valley that we go through. Hear me, church. There's still a light down there. There's still a song in the child of God's heart. Amen. It doesn't matter how low you get. There's a light down in the valley. Amen. Let me say that again. Doesn't matter how low you get. There's a light in the valley. And His name is Jesus Christ. The Bible says this, of those of a broken heart and a contrite spirit, God is what? He's near them. And listen, that's not just for the saved, but it's for the, uh, for the lost. It's for the child of God as well. God's people, they're surrounded by darkness. There's still the flicker of hope and the flicker of light. Amen. My mind went back as I was studying this evening by a lady by the name of Corey Timboom. We all know her. She was a lady during the Holocaust that rescued countless numbers of Jews and went down to the concentration camp, her and her sister Betsy. And uh, you've all read about her and heard about her, and you older generation, you know who I'm talking about. But Corey uh, had, uh, I didn't agree with everything she said or wrote in her book and everything, but she did a good work. And uh, she said this, she said she was laying in the prison cell eat up with fleas and lice in the middle of winter with nothing on, not a stitch of clothes, and her sister laying beside her. And she said it was like when they took that little sliver, just a little sliver of God's, I mean, just tore out a page of it and had it hid uh, uh, somewhere on their body. And they'd pull it out and read that little verse. And she said, made the statement, made this testimony. She said, when they prayed together in that concentration camp, when they prayed and worshiped God together, it was like all the troubles left. God was in the midst of that pain and that trouble. And Betsy said, her sister, she died in the concentration camp, looked over at her. She said, there's going to be millions and thousands come out of this mess that need the gospel, need a place to recover. And she said, I'm going to die, but I want you to start something for God. And when she got out of the war in the concentration camp, she started a home for refugees that went through trouble. And I'm telling you today, your season of darkness is for a reason. God wants you to go through dark times to help somebody else. Amen. Darkness is coming to the child of God. His people are called and we walked through the darkness. Peter walked through darkness. Let me give you this. You remember Peter denied the Lord. That's, that's one of the writers of the Bible. He denied the Lord and even cussed the Lord to His face. I don't know Him. And someone said, I've never been backslid. Well, Peter did. 
And then we, not only was there Peter, think, think about David and his sin that he had. And I tell you, David sinned an awful sin. He did. And uh, murdered a man and, and uh, committed adultery and the gross and moral sin that he committed. But if you listen to me, friend, they say it took David about a year to get back to where he was. And he sought God with bitter tears and repentance. And I'm telling you, dear church, we're in a day when children of God have forgotten to pray, forgotten to ask God, to ask, uh, ask God for forgiveness and confess the sins that they have. And you know what's wrong with America right now? We are living a life of arrogance and haughtiness. You might as well say amen. Of the men in the White House and the women all over around it are walking around with haughtiness and arrogance. I tell you, God's got a remedy for that. He'll bring judgment if we're not careful. Amen. Are we not there? I'm hurrying. I'm coming to a close. You'll notice there that the darkness that these people were getting ready to go through, God said, I have a remedy. He said, I'll send judgment. I'll send the locust. I'll send the, uh, the enemy in your camp to take everything you've got. And my people right now are more, listen, God's people are more blessed now than they've ever yeah. been before. Did you know this? Right now, America sends out more missionaries than all the nations of the world combined. Let that sink in for just a second. America sends out more missionaries across this great world than all the nations of the world combined. And did you know the majority of those missionaries come from this area? Did you know that? It comes from the Bible Belt. And I want to say we are a blessed people. I'm getting with the message now. We are a blessed people, are we not? Yes, We've got sir. fine cars, fine homes. We've got money in the bank. We've got a great uh, uh, hospital right over here. Our schools are great. Education's abundant. Everybody's educated today. But it seems like God's people are just uh, disgruntled. They cannot uh, enjoy the life God has given them. It tells me there's something wrong in our churches. You see men and women fussing all the time. We're never satisfied. I'm talking about God's people. You know, God didn't have a problem with the wicked, adulterous people around Israel. He's talking to His people. Are you getting it now? That's us. God has a problem with my sin and your sin. Well, listen, God knew we'd sin after we got saved. But He gave a limit and He said if we confess sure. our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I believe that's where our nation is right now. Listen to me, friend. Our nation is on the brink of judgment because His people, His people will not confess and repent of their sins. Look where we are right now. Don't get mad at me. Look at the LGBT community pushing their agenda on our school systems. Look at them pushing their agenda on all of our children, all of our homes. Uh, listen, I heard I shared this up in North Carolina this week. Uh, they, I read just this week uh, that they have just now passed the first transgender Baptist preacher up north. We're living in that day. And they're telling us that we today are to accept wrong as right. And right is wrong today. But I'm here to tell you this today, dear church. God's ordinances have not changed. He is still God. And listen, our economy may be booming right now because they've shuffled a few dollars here and a few dollars there. But I'm telling you, God's economy is always booming. Amen. 
for God. Listen to me, God's people. If we live for God, He gives us a promise that He'll heal our land. How many of you here tonight need healing? That's what revival does. You need a healing in your life. Not just a physical healing, but God to move. And church, I'm closing. I'm hurrying saying this. My people, God's people, go through darkness. And listen, but where do we all end up? Some of us end up in rebellion against God. God's people had a way out. And you know, here's the deal right here. Right? Listen to me, church. When God burdens you and He shows you your sin, it's up to you to deal with it. It's not up between you and the preacher. The deacon board, Sunday school teacher, the missionary board. Well, Charles, it's between you and God, us and God. It's right. personal. Right. And listen to me. When was the last time? I don't care who you are tonight. When, dear Christian, if, if God Himself has convicted you of a some sin and you don't deal with it, you know what happens? Your heart gets a little harder and a harder and harder as you walk away from God. And I want to say this today. Do not go there. Don't give the devil an inch. He'll take you a mile. He'll steal your joy. He'll rob your family. He'll take everything from you. And you'll wonder just exactly how you ended up there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. America is there. Our churches were there. Sometimes we get angry because things aren't going our way. I'll never forget this. Little Charles, this happened years ago. I was pastoring there and the other preachers of the county come and asked me to preach one night. And we just had choir practice, you know. I thought, well, I'm the pastor. I need to be here with the church. You know, they need me here. I'm the pastor. I think I've got a job I need to do. Well, Swain, you know what happened? I was running revivals and meetings all over the place. It's like somebody took the switch off. And I started praying. I said, God, I don't know. Why, why'd you quit using me? What's going on? Brother Trent, I, I got down on my face before God and God's Holy Spirit shined His light on my heart and went back in my memory of that day when that preacher asked me to come preach on a Sunday night and I turned him down. Thought I was doing the right thing by being at the home church or the church there. And God said, Son, I didn't call you to sing in the choir. I called you to preach. And I tell you, I took a whipping for that. And I, and I said, God, I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. The Holy Spirit, God is my witness tonight. God's Holy Spirit said, you need to go apologize to that preacher. And oh, man, I said, God, I don't want to do that. I tucked my tail beneath my legs. I called that boy and went and saw him face to face. I said, I need to apologize to you. He said, preacher, don't think nothing about it. I just got somebody else to fill in for you. And uh, I, said, uh, I said, I know you might have, but it bothered me and mine and God's relationships was messed up for a day or two. And I said, I need to beg your forgiveness. He said, just pat me on the back. He said, well, you're forgiven. It's okay. But I tell you this, as soon as I apologized, other doors started opening again. God started pouring His power back on me today. I'm telling you, the worst place you'll ever be as a child of God is out of fellowship with Him. Amen. Amen. Just shake your head some. You know what I'm talking about. I think right now, my people, God's people, need to learn how to come back to God. Amen. You know when revival comes, Brother Charles? When we come back to God. 
Two weeks of my life were like heaven one year. God was moving at Friendship where I was pastor. Souls being saved, they recorded, if they counted right, 38 souls in two weeks and the revival spilled over into the high school. They give an invitation one night and they don't know how many came to the Lord that night. And revival broke out and I had preachers all over the country calling me, Brother Charles, and say, Preacher, what are you doing? How is God moving in life like you have, like you've seen him, like seen him work? And I'd say, all I can say, God is in our midst. And I want to get out of his way. Amen. Amen. I don't want to hinder him. Mm. And I, I'm telling you, I saw, listen, I saw souls come. Man, it was just like a dream. Souls being saved all over the house. It broke out in the high school. Kids were being saved during school. And we'd give an invitation after Josh Chatham would preach and Michael Rogers would preach literally for an hour every night. And kids couldn't even get their way to the altar. They would run to the church house trying to get a seat just to get in and get saved. You'd give an invitation and they would sing. The church was wore out at the end of the week. But you'd see souls coming and getting saved. I mean like crazy. They couldn't get the altar that get saved back here or back over there and souls being saved everywhere and now all you can do is let God have his way I've seen it we need that spirit again yes we do preacher Roger Dunnigan I almost cut the revival off short and he called me up brother Charles he said son don't you quit in the middle of winter I'm telling all this truth. In the middle of winter, one night of the revival, it was 10 degrees. And there were so many people in the house, we had the air conditioner up. Mm-hmm. Honest, my people were being blessed. And uh, listen, the church was wore out and God was blessing, God was moving. And I watched and just soaked it all in. And I listen, I went home at night, I couldn't rest, I couldn't sleep because God was all over me from head to toe. And I'll tell you what it took to get to that place. It took some repentance. It took God's people getting on their face and begging for revival again. We need that again. I told the church, I said, I can't believe you're not between me and God. Two years before the revival came, I said, I said, revival's coming to the church. You mark her down, it's coming. They looked at me like I'd lost my mind. They said, how do you know? And after the end of the two weeks was over and all those souls were saved, they looked at me and they said, preacher, we remember those words you said. We remember every word you said. Revival was coming. They said, how did you know? I said, I was walking through the house one day. God's Holy Ghost grabbed my heart and said, revival's coming to friendship. And I said, all right, God, whatever you want, I'm willing just have your willing way. And I'll tell you this, there's some sins in your life around Pleasant Union right Right now, if you'll deal with it, God will work in your life. He'll work in this church. He'll work in this community. He'll work in the city of Gainesville. Can I get an amen on that? I've seen it. Well, Swain, you've seen it. God today can work right now. You know this church is strategically placed in Gainesville, Georgia to do God's work. It's not by happenstance God planted this church here. 
I remember the stories of years ago of revivals around here. And God's not done. Wouldn't it be something? Listen to me, God's people. Wouldn't it be something to be in the biggest revival <laughs> this church has ever known in the Lord come? Look up here now. The biggest revival this city has ever known. I've heard the stories of New Holland Revival back years ago when they shut the mill down. Y'all remember that? They shut the mill down and revival broke out that they couldn't even get workers to come into work because they was going to church to get saved. I'm talking about coming in and being God's people. We need that today. And if we don't have that move of God, our country's lost. Our children are lost. And my children and your children is going to pay the price. I told them this morning preaching that my kids right now, I'm afraid for my kids, if God does not move, what are they going to have to go through? I'm done. I know, I know you want me to stop. I'm, I'm, I'm finished. My people... Are you my people? Are you God's people? You know, all of God's people have got a mark on them. Every single one of them. I'm done. But you can go to the far ends of Africa. And if that child of God is saved just like we're saved, there's a connection between our heart and their heart. We're all God's people now. And I'm not throwing mud and I'm not looking at your sins. God forbid, don't you look at mine. Right now, your sin needs to be dealt with. And it's been a long time as a child of God that you've really done business with the Lord. And if you want revival this week, you have to take the long look inside. It don't matter what so-and-so's done. It don't matter what the... One across the aisle is done. Let's look in your heart for just a second. Greg, come get a song. Amen. I want to strike right now. Amen. And for just a minute, I want you as a, I want to do something I have not done in a long time. I want everybody to bow their head just where you're at. And as you get the number, just play softly, honey. Just when you get the number, play softly. And I want you to look in your heart and ask God to show you where you need to confess and repent. The altar will be open, but it is a personal, personal thing right now. <laughs> and is there something in your heart that you need to confess when you get it? Play softly. Something you need to deal with right now. These telephones we carry around, and I know there's ugly things on there that maybe your eyes have seen. On the internet, things you've looked at that you shouldn't look at, God knows about it. He's wanting you to repent, confess. Maybe something you've thought, maybe a sin you committed many years ago, and God says, I want you to clean it up. Confess it. My people, He's talking to His people. And He knows your very heart right now. Maybe there's someone here right now that you've had all against. Don't come off. <laughs> that you need to go to and say, I'm sorry. And I love you. Look, look inside now. Is there something need to be prayed for? Is this altar's open? 
Brother Charles comes out and helps give the invitation.